0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Lord, as we come together to worship today, we just ask that you would fill this room with your spirit. Open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears to hear these words that you have given me to share. Empty me of myself and speak through me, Lord, so that it is you who are glorified, honored, and it is you who are speaking. And we ask all this in the name of your Son, our Savior, and our King. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as you can guess, today is Christ the King Sunday, and I kind of want to start off with a little bit of a question, and that is, how many recall some of the early fairy tales and nursery rhymes from our childhood? I mean, for most of us, they were just stories, and we left them at that. Nothing more, nothing less. But today, we hear basically a retelling of one of my favorite stories, the prince and the pauper. And the story of the prince and pauper in today's gospel could be also said as the king and the pauper, because Jesus is going out like a pauper to see what the people really think about him, about the king, and the relationship with him. And in doing so, he wants to find out, you know, are you, guys, are you truly being his co-heir, his voice, and sharing the agape love of the king for his people? And as he goes out as the king, he finds and addresses really three groups in this story. Two are mentioned. One is not, but it's inferred. And the three groups are the sheep, the goats, and the brethren. And these are key to how the kingdom operates. But before we go through and look at this account through those three groups, I want you to remember that while Jesus is separating everybody out, He separates them by nation and tribe, That's not how he's going to judge as king. As king, he judges us all one-on-one as individuals. And that's what we have to remember and think about as we go through this. So let's look at the sheep. And the sheep here are the earthly followers of Christ. The ones that have recognized him as king as they travel about life here on this earth. Before we find our glorification in heaven. And these are, like I said, the ones that have put their faith and trust in Christ. Who he is, what he is, and what he represents as the king. But we find something amazing here. The sheep, when they hear the king talking, they're shocked and amazed. It's like, how did we take care of you when you're not around? We didn't see you. Because they were looking for the wrong things. See, they were looking for this big grandiose hero, riding in on a white horse. But Jesus is saying, no, that's not how I operate. As your king, I'm in each and every person here on earth, whether they believe or not. Because see, the very fingerprint and the symbol of Christ, the cross, is in the shape of the protein that holds us all together. Our cells are held together by a symbol of the cross. And Jesus is saying, because of that, I am in each and every one of you. I created you with the Father. My fingerprint is on each and every one of you. So whatever you do to anybody else, you're doing directly to me. And the people, the sheep, were amazed by this. Because they're saying, they're thinking to themselves, well, did I take care of the king? Did I serve the king? Or did I not? And... The sheep are the ones who are ushered into the kingdom when the king returns. They become the church, which is what we are here today. And they will reign with the king, Jesus our Christ. So this, he's setting up, showing, okay, this is the example of what we're called to do, to serve one another. And he reminds us several times that he came to serve, not to be served. And the sheep still had trouble with that. Because what kind of king comes to serve? Isn't a king supposed to be up in his palace on a throne being served by everybody? But Jesus is saying, no, that's not how I am as the king. And then he turns and addresses the goats. And just so you get it straight, the goats here, we're not talking about the sports analogy. These aren't the greatest of all time. These guys are the confused and lost. Because, see, they failed to put their faith and trust in Christ as king. They don't recognize him and his authority. So they're sitting out there lost and confused. And the goats, despite really what's in here, are not predestined to be cursed. They become cursed because they listen to the wrong voice, they're following the wrong leader. Christ, as our king, is saying, I'm the one you guys are supposed to follow. But you have failed to recognize me in the big things and the little things. So I he says, you guys didn't take care of me. You didn't do anything out of love that I have shown for you and for the world. You guys were all about yourself, and you listened to the wrong voice. And you are not subject to me because you failed to recognize me. And many of the people in the world, many people sitting in churches today, That's the truth of who they are. They think they show up, sit out in a pew, and they've checked the box, and they're good. But Jesus is saying, no. As as your king, you have to fully surrender to me. You have to be all in. And here is an interesting thing with all this to remember in regards to the goats. Hell was not created for the goats or mankind. I know for some, that's hard to think about. But hell was created for Satan and his angels that followed after him. The goats that end up there do so because they're blindly following the wrong voice. And as such, because they got the blinders on, they don't see the truth. They don't hear the truth. They don't live the truth and accept Jesus as king. And they stumble and fall into the pit of hell by following after the wrong king. See, goats they're going to inadvertently follow Satan because they're hearing the wrong voice. Jesus is saying, I love you. I'm jealous for you. I'm your king. I want what's best for you. Follow me. And then we have this third group, the brethren. And this is the inferred group in here that we don't often think about with all this. But when we look at the story of Revelation and the second coming, what's Jesus coming back with? He's coming back with a holy army. And the group of brethren are the saints that are in heaven, the angels, the cherubim, the seraphim. It's the heavenly bodies coming back to join those that have recognized him as king here on earth to fight the final battle. These are the ones from heaven. And the Old Testament promises that the kingdom will be fulfilled. The king will return. We see it beginning in the Old Testament all the way up through Revelation. The king is coming back. The question is, when he comes back will you join the brethren and willfully kneel? Or will you be forced to kneel before the king? Because those that are forced to kneel, they're going to be separated off with the goats. Because they fail to recognize Jesus as our king. So, where do we stand in all of this? What does it mean for us? Well, First and foremost, this is a judgment scene in this story. And in that, Jesus is stating that as our true King, He's the only one that can really judge us on a spiritual level. He and the Father. And we will all be judged. And God, as the King, will give that final judgment. And He's gonna say, Okay, come on in, or say, or He's gonna say, Well, sorry, you're not on the VIP list. You have to go over to that line and take the express elevator down. And as the church, we should not be looking for signs, for wonders. Instead, we should be focused on the king and finding the king in each and every person we come across. Because that's what Jesus wants. It's the basis of the agape love and the kingdom. How are we treating one another? Are we ignoring those on the margins because, well, they're not like us? Or are we going out to the poor, the widow, the orphan, like Jesus commands, showing his love and being the emissary of the king to those who are less fortunate? You know, there's an old saying that from several years ago, what would Jesus do? Well, that's a good saying all in all. But it misses the point, in my opinion. Instead, if we're looking to serve the king and recognize Jesus as our king, we should be saying, what would Jesus have me do for him in this situation? Because then the glory comes back to the king and not to us. You see, we're called to do the work of the king until he returns. It's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian. We are doing the work of the king. So how is the king being represented in your life no the kingdom is going to be centered upon david's throne in jerusalem when the king comes back but we are the outposts we are on the spiritual frontier we are the light of the king how is that light being shown and represented when people look at us do they see christ being our king or do they just see us as putting on a veil of Christianity when it suits us? Most of the church today, in many places, the people don't have any knowledge that the fact that Jesus is the King and we're to do what he has commanded of us. So as I said, you know, today in this reading, the King goes out like the pauper. And he does it to see if people will serve everyone else around them with the agape love that he first showed us. Because see, if we can't show the agape love, how can we say that Christ is our king? As Christ repeatedly says, they will know you, that you are mine, by your love. How are we representing the king? How are we honoring the king, and how we honor and love one another? Because see, Jesus, as the king, will be our final judge, and he will return. We don't know when, but we do know he is. And we have to ask ourselves, are we ready for the king's return? You see, only the faithful, the ones who seek to go out and to love and honor and cherish Christ and one another and to serve the least in a manner that Christ has loved us, will inherit the kingdom. And see, and this hints at the very fact that Christ is in every believer and what we do to one another, we're doing directly to him. So think about that. You know, When the guy cuts you off on the road and you holler and scream, are you honoring Christ? You know, when the person you know, on TV in the political spectrum says something you don't like and you holler and yell at the TV... Are you showing a Christ-like love? Are you honoring the king? These are all things that we tend to do on a regular basis. And I'll admit, I'm one of them. But what do we do when we realize that? Do we go and seek to make amends to the king? And to bow before the king and surrender our will and our pride over to him? Because that's what Christ is wanting. That's the goal of the king. See, the king wants what's best for us, and he wants us all to reign with him when he returns. He doesn't want us falling blindly after false promises and false statements and ending up in the, the lake of fire. He wants us to be with him, rejoicing with him and serving with him. And while we might suffer temporary uh, you know, pain and suffering here on earth, It leads to glory in and with the King. So as you go about things and you look at and interact with those around you, even those you may not like, those that you might deem less worthy than yourselves, ask yourself, am I showing that agape love? And am I recognizing them and the Christ that is in them? And am I truly honoring the King? Because that's what we're called to do today. And every day, we have to make a decision. Which voice are we listening to? Which king are we following? Are we following the false king of Satan? Or the true king of Christ? And I pray you follow after Christ. Amen. Step into the world of power, loyalty.